0: That word, rest, I mean, just hearing that word can cause us to draw a deep breath and do this slow, relaxing exhale, can't do this, ah, rest. Jesus told us that he came to give us rest, rest for our souls. In Jesus' promise, there is both the aspect of a coming rest beyond this life, And a rest right now. The rest Jesus is offering is not just for the life to come, but it's for the life that we're living right now. And that is what I want to focus on today in our Bible study. As I have listened and watched people over the past many weeks, I've noticed a general fatigue, a tiredness in people. Obviously, a significant part of that comes from the pandemic, which we have been in the middle of for almost a year now. Added to that are all of the other things that can weigh us down in life. Finances, sickness, kids, parents, relationships, work, school, social unrest, politics, loss and grief of various kinds. I think there may have been an unspoken hope in lots of people that the new year was gonna put all the troubles of 2020 Behind us, we were going to turn the page, so to speak, and have a fresh new start. But that's not what happened. When we entered into the year 2021, we discovered that all of the troubles of 2020, they followed us. I mean, they came right along with us. We turned the page, and rather than there being the beginning of a new chapter, it was just a continuation of the same story. Whatever troubles we were facing at the end of 2020, they're still with us at the beginning of 2021. And as that settled in on us, we just went, ah, I'm so tired of this, fatigue. I want to remind us of an important truth today that I hope will encourage you and strengthen you as you continue to walk through this life. Rest can be found in the Lord. Rest even in the midst of all that is happening around us. In Psalm 62, verse 1, David wrote, Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Last time, we talked about waiting for the Lord and looked at, how that idea is expressed by David in Psalm 27. Today, we're going to look, we're, we're, today, we're going to talk about this closely related idea of resting in the Lord, which David writes about in Psalm 62. So, if you have your Bible, you can make your way over to Psalm 62. That's the Psalm that we'll be looking at today. The, the kind of rest that we're talking about is not physical rest from activity, although that is something that we are certainly looking for uh, on a regular basis. We're talking today about the resting of our soul, this calm, peace-producing, trusting rest in the Lord, regardless of our circumstances. I don't always have control of the circumstances of my life. In fact, oftentimes, life is more like I am a passenger on a roller coaster ride. On a roller coaster ride, you climb into the roller coaster car, you sit down, uh, the safety bar, it clicks into place to keep you from flying out of the car, and the ride begins. The big thing to notice is that there is no steering wheel in that car. You are a passenger, you are Not in control. You have no control at all. You are going to go wherever the roller coaster track takes you, like it or not, until the ride is over. The only thing that you and I have control over is how we respond to the ride. You can be terrified, screaming your head off the entire time, convinced that you're going to die, or you can be at peace inside and experience the fun of the ride, trusting in the safety of the bar that holds you inside the car and the integrity of the wheels that keep the car securely on the track and so on. One of the guys in that photo is obviously at rest and one is definitely not at rest. Now the third guy, who knows what he's doing, but he's, he's there and no one can really figure out Is he happy? Is he sad? Is he at rest? Is he not at rest? Is he terrified? Is he even alive? But those other two guys, it's pretty obvious. One's having fun and one isn't. In our life, we can be at rest, experiencing peace and joy in the midst of the ride if we will truly trust in the one overseeing the roller coaster. So, Psalm 62. As already noted, David is credited as the author of this psalm. And as with most of the other psalms, we're not given the particulars about the circumstances that inspired the writing of this psalm. David was facing some kind of very challenging situation and there was opposition who was trying to destroy him. And although our situations are different from whatever David's situation was, this psalm can be applied to our lives, whether the challenges we're facing are coming from people or circumstances or whatever. Verse 1 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. This is the main idea expressed in the psalm. My soul finds rest in God when God is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. God is my rock. He's my strength, my foundation, my support. He's my salvation, meaning he's my savior, my rescuer, my deliverer, my helper. He is my fortress, meaning he's my security, my protector, my defender, my place of safety. I will never be shaken when these things are true. When my soul finds rest in God, when He is my rock, when He is my salvation, when He is my fortress, that is when I will not be shaken. We can say, I will never be shaken, but unless there is something that keeps us from being shaken, those are just bold, empty words what keeps david from being shaken is the lord the word translated rest here it means to be still to be quiet to be calm we just sang a song based on psalm 46:10 which says the lord says be still and know that i am god be still let go relax trust rest. Know that I am God. Remember who has you. That roller coaster that you're on is not out of control. There is a grand overseer who is making sure that you are not going to fly off of the track and be destroyed. Trust him. So, verse 3 of the psalm says, how long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence, Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. David talks about those who are trying to destroy him in these verses. He's talking about the challenge that he's facing right now. These people, who are whoever they are, they're intending to throw me down, he says. In that Hebrew language, it literally means to kill, to murder, to slay, to strike down. They are out to kill David they intended to topple me he says they delight in lies with their mouths they bless while their hearts they with their hearts they curse that they're trying to deceive and tempt David with the intent to bring him down and destroy him the main thing i want us to pay attention to though is not the intent of these people against him troubles and difficulties they come in all shapes and sizes in our lives What I want us to pay attention to is how David is responding to his troubles and difficulties. And in these verses, I want us to notice him acknowledging his weakness and his vulnerability. He calls himself a leaning wall, a tottering fence. He's not talking tough, trying to one-up these guys. Instead, he's running to his fortress, to his rock to his salvation, to the Lord. We see similar behavior in the Apostle Paul when he's facing difficulties in, the, in his life. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, this very familiar passage to many of us, Paul writes, But he, the Lord, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Verse 5 of Psalm 62. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He's my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Up in verse 5 here, David begins this section by addressing himself. He affirms to himself. He says, yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. David began this psalm with that wonderful proclamation Truly, my soul finds rest in God. Now in verse 5, he says it again, but the tone is different. This time he's talking to himself, compelling himself, compelling himself to find rest in God. It's like he's taking himself by the shirt collar and saying, listen up, self. Find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. I know you're freaking out inside. I know you're feeling weak and vulnerable, like a broken down, tottering fence, ready to just fall over. But our strength is found not in ourselves, but in God. When we are weak, the Lord proves Himself powerful in our life. He's our place of safety and security, He's our source of peace. Rest in Him, self you ever take some convincing to find your rest, your peace, your hope in the Lord? I do. I mean, there are times when I am really struggling, really feeling distraught, really feeling discouraged and overwhelmed with stuff. I try to tell myself to calm down and find peace in the Lord, but myself is more determined than that. I'm too upset for a little polite self-talk to settle me down. I'm too upset for a little soft-touch reasoning to do the trick. I need to take myself by the shirt collar and say, Listen, you! Find your rest in the Lord. Your hope comes from Him. Nothing else is going to get you through this. We talked about the importance of self-talk when we looked at Psalm 103 a few weeks back, and then again when we talked uh, about Psalm 42 a few weeks uh, after that. Now again, we see self-talk coming up again. David is not a passive listener to himself. He doesn't let the circumstances of his life have the last word. He gets involved in the conversation. He Reminds himself, sometimes forcefully, who he's going to trust in. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. Here's another example of David talking to himself, reminding himself of the Lord's goodness and faithfulness. And I want us to notice especially how he ends this conversation with himself in the 7th verse of this passage over in Psalm 116, beginning in verse 3. He says, The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me! The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, He saved me. And now look at this. He says, Return to your rest my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. In verses 6 and 7 of Psalm 62, David affirms again, the Lord is his rock, his salvation, his fortress. He will not be shaken when his soul rests in the Lord. He repeats these affirmations then a third time His salvation and his honor depend on God. The Lord is his almighty rock and refuge. It encourages me to see that David is as hard-headed as I am. He needs to hear these same truths again and again. He needs to tell himself these same truths again and again. Then in verse 8, David Turns his attention to all of God's people and encourages all of us to do as he's doing. Trust in the Lord at all times, you people, he says. Trust in the Lord at all times, you people. When we, when, <clears throat> excuse me, when are we told to trust in the Lord? At all times. All the time. It reminds us of what Paul wrote in his first letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5:16 he says rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus see there is no time or situation in our life when we are to do anything other than trust in the Lord rejoicing praying and giving thanks He says, pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Pouring out our hearts to the Lord, it's an encouragement to pray. Tell the Lord what's going on. He already knows what's happening. He knows everything. But when we actively tell Him with our own mind and mouth, it helps us to take hold of Him as our rest. Peace enters our heart. We Know we are heard. We know we are cared for. We know He knows. We cry out. I want to encourage you, cry out, child. Cry out to your Father. Let Him know. He's listening for your cry. Philippians 4:6, it tells us: don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. His rest, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, in this this final section of Psalm 62, beginning in verse 9, he writes, he says, Surely the low-born are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. If we wait on a balance... If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Looking for rest in other places besides the Lord is a temporary solution at best. That's the basic idea that he's telling us in this section. He says, surely the low-born are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. Trusting in ourself is a lie. It's a delusion. No one is safe. We're all vulnerable, no matter what station in life we have. We are all only a breath, easily snuffed out. This is not to imply that our lives are meaningless, that they don't have any value. They are truly meaningful and precious to the Lord. But David is reminding us of our Weakness and vulnerability and the fleeting nature of our life so that we will find our rest in the Lord rather than ourself or others. We are not a firm foundation to find our security in. Uh, I'm not a rock. I'm not a fortress. I can be shaken quite easily, actually. My life can easily be taken away. I'm only a vapor. Today, I'm here and... Tomorrow, I'm gone. This pandemic has been a sobering reminder for all of us about our vulnerability and our weakness. A microscopic bit of organic material that's not even a complete cell has brought the whole world to its collective knees. We're only a breath, a vapor, a wisp of smoke. We need something more substantial than ourself to build our life on to have security and peace. In Psalm 39, David wrote this: He said, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely, everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain, they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But then he says in verse 7 of that psalm, But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. You see? He reminds us of our weakness and the fleeting nature of our life to point us to one who can truly be a foundation for our life, the Lord. He continues in verse 10, he says, Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Again, looking for rest in other places Places besides the Lord is a temporary solution at best. He says, don't trust in extortion or put your hope in stolen goods. In other words, taking advantage of others, putting ourselves first, winning at the dog-eat-dog game of this life is not going to provide a solution to our problems. True and lasting security cannot be found in winning the game of this life. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Material wealth can't provide us with rest for our soul. Over in 1 Timothy six seventeen, Paul wrote this. He said, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain Finally, in verses 11 and 12 of Psalm 62, David says, One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. Now, it's, inf- it's unfortunate that the NIV translates the first part of verse 11 the way that it does because it creates all kinds of confusion. It, it tells us that there are two things heard, but then when we read the next lines of the psalm, we count what appears to be three things. We think, oh, oh, what is that? Can David not count? Well, the problem is in the translation, not with what David wrote. A less confusing translation of this verse is the way that the English Standard Version or the New Living Translation, or the New King James, or the New American Standard, and many others have rendered the original Hebrew. For example, the English uh, Standard Version translates the first part of verse 11 like this, once God has spoken twice, have I heard this? Now we're not looking for two things, we're instead told that he has heard what is uh, ...going to follow, he's heard it twice or more than once. In other words, he's saying these things are long-recognized truths. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. The Lord's power and his love, this is what we are to trust in over everything else. Rather than our rather than our wealth... Rather than winning at the game of this life or any other thing, we are to trust in the power and the love of God. Trust in God's power. Trust in God's love. He is in control of that roller coaster. Rest in Him. He says, "Your reward. You reward everyone according to what they have done. The Lord is fair and just. This is the universal law of sowing and reaping that we find here or of what goes around comes around or of there are consequences for actions. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please his flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You know, there is only one escape from this law of sowing and reaping. It's the salvation that's offered to us in Jesus Christ. You see, in the Gospel, we don't get what we deserve. We don't get what we deserve. Jesus Christ took upon Himself what we deserve for our sin. And He has given us what He deserved for living a perfect God-honoring life. He was tortured and crucified in our place. And we are given entrance into eternal life and the blessings of God upon us in Jesus' place. Jesus is the ultimate source of rest for us. Remember, we started out reading Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, where Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'd like to close today with a story about rest. If you'll flip over to Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, Be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So here's the situation. Jesus is sleeping on a cushion at the back of the boat as they are making their way across the Sea of Galilee. Suddenly, without warning, they find themselves caught in a furious storm which is driving waves Over the boat, filling it with water. If the storm continues like this, their boat is going to sink and they could drown. This is a life-threatening situation that they're in. The disciples are genuinely scared, and understandably so, thinking that they might die out in the middle of this lake. They wake Jesus up and they ask him with exasperation in their voices, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus, he commands the storm. says, quiet, be still, or be at rest. And the wind and the waves become completely calm. Jesus then asks his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? We find ourselves in the middle of life's scary stuff, freaking out. We wonder, Lord, don't you care? Of course he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Jesus is asking you and me the same questions he asked asked his disciples out on that lake that day. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why do you think Jesus was able to sleep in the middle of that storm? He was at rest, not just physically, but spiritually. His soul was at rest in the Father. Psalm 62.1 Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will never be shaken. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we want this to be so in our life. We want to find our rest in you. And we ask that you would make that so for us. Father, that we would take hold of you. That we would make you that firm, secure, safe place in our life that we build our life on, that we find our calm and our confidence in. We pray that you would help us to do that, Lord, in the midst of the storm that is swirling around us. May we be at rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen.